You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Guy was praying. He said, oh God, I haven't sinned today. I'm so grateful. I haven't had a bad thought, an angry thought, a lustful thought, a thought of envy or jealousy. God, thank you so much for this great day. But Lord, I've only been up two minutes and I'm about to get out of bed and face the day, so I need your help, huh? And we were talking about in this series about life, and back in Easter, I shared with you that you could be alive and not really live. You could have a mere existence and not really live. Jesus spoke to people that had a pulse. They were breathing in and out, signs of life, but yet he says to them in John 10, 10, He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. Now, he's speaking to people that are alive, physically, but spiritually, they have no life. He says, if you come to me, I'll give you life, and I will give it to you abundantly or to the full. Remember that we have a thief. He's out there. Um, We would call him Satan, or we would call him the devil. Uh, We would also call him us, because sometimes, as we'll see later in the book of James, and as we saw last week, that our desires can pull us away from God's plan and purpose. Our desires. If you entertain those long enough, you can be in trouble. You'll get near the edge, and you'll actually go over the edge if you're not careful. Uh, We defined temptation last week as anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. A short-term fix, a feel-good, a moment, that extra cheeseburger, come on. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that uh, somebody asked me a long time ago, they said, Pastor, I'll bet you a buck that you got a secret sin that you're not telling us about. I said, no, my sin is ever before me. You know? It's true. And isn't it interesting, we'll see it in just a moment, that the first temptation of Jesus Christ was about food. The devil says, if you are the Son of God... Command that these stones be made bread. Yeah, uh, my, my, my Hispanic pastor friend says that that meant tortillas. And, uh, and I don't think that's what he meant at all. But he was talking about this natural sustenance for his life. We, we said last week in temptation that first of all, it's not a sin to be tempted because everybody gets tempted. Even Jesus was tempted, but he, but he did not sin. And you are never above temptation. Good, good morning. Is that true? Yeah, well, that, I'll never do that. And how many times have I watched people or you've watched people that have succumbed to some pressure or sin in their life, maybe destroying their marriage or destroying their careers, destroying their health, and you say something like this, I would never do that. By the way, never say never. And we said last week, not only guard your weaknesses, but guard your strengths, because the enemy can tempt us where we're strongest, too, where we think we're not going to fall. Remember, God will never tempt you. He will test you to move you forward, but he will never tempt you. The devil tempts us to move us backward, but God tests us to see what we're made of. Are we people of faith, or are we just people that are talking like we're people of faith? And there's always, and I love this, there's always a way out. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Isn't that powerful? See, I always thought when, when temptation came that there would be some temptations that we just couldn't resist. But Paul the Apostle writes to the Corinthian church and he says, wait a minute. When you have been tempted, God has a filtration system that doesn't allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. In, on, uh, in other words, beyond what you can walk away from. Right? Well, the straw's going to break the camel's back. One, one, more, one more temptation, one more knock at the door. You know, the devil says, can you come out and play? One more knock. And I just got to give in, I guess. You know, if, if, if she walks by one more time, I, got, I just got to give in. Huh? As opposed to saying, wait a minute, God, you have filtered these temptations out in such a way that I will never have more than I can bear. And when I am tempted, God will also provide what? A, a way out. So there's, there's a way where we give up and we say, might as well do it. And then there's a way that says, no, I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to walk a different way. I'm going to find out what God's way for me is to get out. Now, in the temptation of Jesus, you will never be tempted like he was. I mean, he's tempted to jump off a building to prove that he's God. The devil asks him that. He's tempted to be command that these stones be made bread. He's tempted to bow down to the devil and gain all the kingdoms of this world. Now, if you've ever followed the Gospels, here's what you know, that God already promised that all the governments would rest on the shoulders of Jesus. So the devil is promising Jesus something that he cannot deliver on. A sin will never deliver on its promises. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It's that which drifts us away from God and his purpose for our life. So I'd like you to take a look at this little video. Uh, this is the temptation of Jesus. So take a look.
Wow. By the way, it's not actual footage. <laughs> Jesus is tempted in ways we never will be. But what's, what's the lesson out of that story? It's can we trust God to do what he's promised to do? Uh, can we be who God told us we would be? Remember, Jesus had just been baptized in water before he is led into the wilderness to fast for 40 days, before this temptation happens. And when he's baptized in water, he comes out of the river and the heavens open up. And what did he hear? You are my... Come on, you were in Sunday school. Come on. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, God speaks from heaven his identity and his purpose. God tells him who he is and whose he is. You are the son of God. God had promised to him that when he finished his earthly mission to die on the cross, to rise again from the dead, that he would ascend again at the right hand of the Father. And all of the governments would be on his shoulder. That at his name, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Jesus hearkens back hundreds of years ago to the story of the children of Israel being delivered out of Egyptian captivity for 400 years. And, and, he, and he, he says to these two million people as an example for us that every morning they would come out of their tent and they would see the sunshine and guess what would be on the ground? Bread. God provided miraculously something called manna for them. And every day they were to take that manna and consume it because if they kept it overnight, it would spoil. God made it that way, except for on the sixth day, they would get enough manna for two days and God would allow it on the Sabbath to not to spoil. That's what he's saying. He's talking about bread. And the devil takes him back to a lesson that Moses taught the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you all in the wilderness for 40 years? To humble and to what? Test. See, God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. Why? In order to see what's inside your heart. And whether or not you would keep his commandments, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then fed you with manna. Give us this day our daily bread. That's why Jesus would teach his disciples. That's the way you pray. It's a daily trust. I choose today to trust in God, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. What is Jesus doing when Satan comes to tempt him? He quotes the scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 8. By the way, not a bad thing to do when you're in crisis or when you're tempted or when you get fearful or when you start to worry. Find a verse and quote the verse. This is his word. We live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, what's God saying? Well, find the book. This is the one he wrote. He used people like you and I and spoke through them. They wrote down prophecies and visions and dreams and prayers, and it's, it's all in here. And so he says that I am not going to meet my own physical need, Jesus says, by commanding these stones be made bread. I am going to trust in the Lord. 
Because God will provide. So Deuteronomy 8, verse 11 and 14, catch this lesson. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build your houses, when you put your head on your pillow at night, and when you get in your cars, and when you go to Walmart, you go to Home Depot, you go to your favorite restaurant, you could think that you're the one that provided it all for yourself. As opposed to understanding that your heart could become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. In other, in other words, you can write this down in your notes. When we have all we need, we can easily forget where it came from. Well, Pastor, I worked really hard to get that. Well, good. Who gave you the strength to work? Well, you know, I came up with that idea. Who gave you a brain? Who, who allows you to have breath? Who allows your heart to beat? Come on. It's God. Next service, we're going to have uh, 10 graduates up here, graduating from high school. They know everything there is to know about life. <laughs> right? So did you when you were 17 and 18. Come on. Yeah, you knew it all. And you were 25, and you thought you knew some things, and you turned 30, and you go, I don't know anything. And you turn 50, 60, 70, come on. And you go, gosh, I forgot what I learned. Yeah, come on. So when we have all that we need, it's easy to forget where it came from. To stop and say, God, thank you for your provision. Thank you for my job. Thank, thank you for the freedom we have. Thank you for health that we have today. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 says, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength and my hands have produced my wealth. Look what I did. Remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, to work, confirms his covenant that he provide for you, that he swore to his ancestors as it is today. There's always the temptation to believe. This is what the devil wants us to do, to rob, kill, and destroy life from us. There's always a temptation to believe that everything about you hinges on you. Come on. I, I wake up every morning and I say, oh God, I'm so thankful that you're the Lord of this church. Because I, I, I don't, by the way, don't tell anybody what I'm about to say, okay? Can you keep a secret? I, I don't know how to run this place very well. <laughs> okay, now that's done. It's true. Anybody who runs an organization, anybody who, who, who goes to a job and has an assignment, anybody, anybody who's, <clears throat> who's, who's married, I'm, I'm, I'll take care of this marriage, Lord. Just, you step aside, you know. Before God needs witnesses, till death do his part. But you step aside, God. We got, we'll take it from here. Are you kidding me? You know, I pray every day for, for my marriage. I pray every day for the, for the church. And I'm grateful that the Lord is the Lord of the church. Every time you're tempted to bend and break or ignore the rules, it's a result that you do not believe that God can be trusted. I was... Um, reading an article about the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. I've never stayed there. Pretty expensive from what I know, right? And all their employees, when they come in to orientation, are taught, you know the first lesson they're taught? Not customer service. The first lesson they're taught is do not steal from the company. And whoever's running that, that meeting says this. If you steal from this company, if you steal towels and Salt shakers from the five-star restaurant. 
if you do pranks here, that then we've got to go paint walls or do cleanup. What you're doing is you're stealing from all these fellow employees. Because if, if, if we do really well and the bottom line is really good, then we can give bonuses and we can give raises. Every time you steal something, remember, you're not stealing from the firm. You're not stealing from the company. You're stealing from people in this room. And that's, that's a great way of looking at it, isn't it? Every time you, you, you go to work, whatever it is that you do, when you give a full day's work for a full day's wage, and you might say, well, well, Pastor, if you knew what they paid me, I should come in late and leave early and take a long break and, you know, play solitaire when no one's looking. Come on. As opposed to saying, oh, no, Lord, I don't just work for the company. I work for you because everything I do is, is under the Lord. And God honors and blesses. But you know what we've seen? We've seen people justify. I can steal from the company. Watch this. Because they don't pay me enough here. I can show up late because, you know, after all, they don't affirm me enough around here. And, 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 and it, it, that logic goes all the way through. You know, it's the guy who says, I, I should go out and have an affair. You know why? Because I deserve to be loved more. And she don't love me enough. And by the way, she's not looking like she did when we first got married. And neither are you, man. <laughs> neither are you. Well, I was just going to justify. You know, actually, I, I, I deserve it. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. So when you quit trusting that God will provide for you and take care of you, it's only a matter of time that you quit obeying God. And when you quit obeying God, it's just a matter of time until you quit believing God. And pretty soon you drift away from him. That, that's how the drift starts. I can't trust him. Could you imagine if Jesus would have said, well, if God really loved me, he'd have a buffet out here in the wilderness? Huh? If God really loved me, he would have provided me something to eat after 40 days of fasting. If God really cared, if God really knew, if God really... You know how many times people have said in the middle of a tragedy or something that, that comes upon them, well, if God was really good, he wouldn't have done this. And everything becomes myopic about this, whatever it is. And we say this a lot around here. It's not all about this, and it's not all about now. I've, I've seen people in the middle of tragedy and, and trauma in their life, and you know what they do? They forget everything about how good God has been to them up till then, and all they think about is this. And they go, wow, God's, God's really horrible. I don't know if I want to believe him anymore. And what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's trying to get us to understand that lesson from the children of Israel. It's not all about this. It's not all about now. And God will take care of you. And God will provide. Where God guides, he provides. Where he calls, he enables. Dr. Tim Keller, great pastor and author, said these words, what the heart trusts, the mind justifies. The emotions desire and the will carries out. Everything follows the heart. Whatever is in your heart will come out of your heart at some point in your life. You know, some of you, um, you think your spiritual gift, I just thought I should tell you this. Well, actually, not you, though it's the 1045 people. Uh, your spiritual gift is, is criticism. You've already found 14 things wrong with the church today. And we're not even done yet, you know. Uh, some of you is, you know, it's just, it's just this nastiness that, that comes upon you. I have to confess to you, I was in Starbucks the other day, or as I uh, lovingly call it, four bucks. And these three people are having a conversation. And I just got to tell you, they were anti-everything. Anti-Democrat, anti-Republican. 
anti-city, anti-government, anti-you name it. And there I am. And they all look at me, let's ask him. And I'm like, who? You know? And, And they started spewing their stuff. I mean, it was bad. Like the snake in the video. They were coming. I could feel them coming at at me. What do you have to say about that? And I knew that this message, I had already written it out, and and I said, well, I, I, I don't live by popular opinion. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That was good. See, that's why you have to have a verse in your hip pocket. Ladies, you have to have a verse in your purse. Come on. Get a verse in your purse. Okay? I'll think of a rhyming verse in your wallet. I don't know, but a verse in your purse. Right? Well, hey, hey, I know why you feel that way, the one guy said. I said, no, 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 you don't know why I feel that way. I just know that God's bigger than anything that we face. Yeah, well, and then they started going on, kind of like the stuff you, you read on Lumpo Forum, right? I don't go there. I just heard about it, you know? I don't even have Facebook. It's just do the church. I got rid of it years ago because I just, I just had to. Sorry if I offend anybody. Because people send me direct messages. If I didn't respond, they got offended. Like four minutes, I, I, you know? I have four minutes to respond. I might be busy, you know? So, so what we have to do is make sure that when people are trying to get us down their little negative rabbit hole, you just stop saying, hey, I don't. God bless you. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and caffeine as I walked out. That's... <laughs> That's what I said. So, we got the rest of the sermon, and I don't know if I'll have time, but we'll see if we get there. Uh, Number one, to be human is to be vulnerable to temptation. So, how many humans are are here today? How many humans? Good. This is one way to get everybody to respond. (laughs) We are all vulnerable. To those who say, I don't really need this kind of sermon today, um, you may need it most of all, because pride says, I, I'm not, I'm not going to succumb to that. Remember last week, we said that God tests you to move you forward, and the devil tempts you to move you backward. That's what he does. I want you to lose your faith, but let's read this 1 Corinthians 10, 13 again. Let's read it with our best, 10, 15. He's going to be done eventually, voice. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted. Be wild what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And please remember that word, faithful. God is faithful, even when you're not. God is faith-filled, even when you're not. When tempted, our God will provide a way out so you can endure it. The second thing is to be victorious over temptation is to be aware of the enemy's tactics. And last week, I used James chapter 1 to map out the process of sin. James 1, 14 and 15 says, temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Well, I want to blame the devil. Well, James doesn't let me. He makes me blame me. Temptation comes from my own desires when I'm enticed uh, and drags me away. Uh, These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? Because the wages of sin is is death. So uh, this graph will show you that we we start with our desires, and it entices us, and we kind of play with it a little bit, uh, drag us away, and sin is born. Uh, Somewhere between three and four, there's, there's conception, 
Um, we kind of, excuse me for being blunt, we kind of go to bed with the thing. And before you know it, it, it gives birth to sin. And then sinful actions take place. And sin uh, starts to grow. It, it crawls and then it starts to walk. And it has kids too. That sin also has offspring called destruction and death. That's the process. And wherever you are in the process, you have to stop and say, I'm out of here. And remember this in your notes, that every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. Don't play with sin. Just let it, let it go. So Isaac, uh, you're going to come out and help me. Last week, Isaac brought us a fishing pole with a bunch of stuff on it. I don't know if you remember. It was money on it and cars on it, and there was a Barbie doll. And here comes Isaac. Good-looking guy. Thank you, Isaac. One of the finest young men in Lompoc. Okay? You can take this with you. Now... Is anybody, these aren't Skittles, these are m and m Yeah, baby. Does anybody like m and m If these were frozen, I just want to confess, if these were frozen, I would eat all of them before third service. Yeah. Now, um, I'm fighting a little, little something, so on purpose, I'm going to stick my hands in here. I don't want any of you to come up after... The worship team, the worship team's walking by all morning seeing them. You know what I mean? So, and I, I, I would believe there's some kind of oil on here because as I feel them, my hands are moisturized. Yeah. And they look so good, don't they? Huh. Uh, the, the process of temptation, you can write them down while I look at this. First of all, it, it's thoughts and, uh, yeah, you can just hang there. Uh, you, uh, you look good. Uh, thoughts and desires. You want some of these later? You want some later? No, no, no. The first thing is thoughts and desire. I am thinking about M&Ms. You fill in the blank. It could be Haagen-Dazs, 31's Pretty and Cream. Come on. Extra cheeseburger. You may try tip for people. You only said I'm having two slices. And then when no one was looking, you were in the kitchen. And then as you clean the plates. Come on. Come on. Isn't it interesting? The first temptation... That Jesus' face was food. Okay. Number two, imagination and fantasy. We are really good. These minds are incredible at imagining. Um, the, the word image is um, the Greek word diatribo, which means to, to rub into. It's the diatribe. We're so good at, at argument and debate. They convince you to leave your truth and believe what they say. Uh, it's a picture of rubbing a coin so long that eventually whatever face is on the coin is rubbed off. There's a way that your imagination can start to make you believe that what you're imagining is truth. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a psychologist, a doctor, a counselor, a therapist. I just know, because I've studied about this, and I know it to be true in my own life. After all, it's been a long time since I had any M&Ms. I deserve to have them, not only some of them, the whole bowl. For me. I've been, a good, I've been working hard the last few weeks, man. Schedule's off the charts. I deserve some frozen M&Ms with some milk. I'll just, look, I'll get 2% or low-fat. It'll counterbalance, <laughs> right? I'll even, I'll even be so picky that... I'll break every M&M in half so the calories and fat will all leak out. Huh? Imagination. 
Justification, number three. I deserve it. I'm owed this. Uh, remember the, the three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Uh, John, in 1 John, says that's the sin that happened in the garden. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. If you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. And he's withholding from us, so we want it. Okay? And the last uh, things are we, we make a choice that says, I'm doing this. And the last one, of course, is sin. And I can taste the chocolate melt in my mouth and not in my hands. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, watch, watch if, I, if this is true or not. Once you start thinking about something long enough, you see it everywhere. You know, once your eyes start drifting where they shouldn't drift, then whatever you're drifting towards, you see it everywhere. You know? Uh, ladies, you, you, you see a, a dress or a blouse and you buy it. You've never seen one like it before. And the minute you buy it and put it on, every woman in America is wearing the same one. Because whatever you look for, you find. It's true. And I know the best thing to do right now. I know the best thing to do for me. Take them away, man. Yeah. Get them behind me, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I want you to know something. At my house, we do not have M&Ms in the freezer. My choice. Because I know what I would do when, when Debbie's sound asleep. I'm just telling you. I would, I, would, I would go and get that milk, healthy, and then I would, I would grab those M&Ms, and I would eat them. And here's what would happen to me. I'm just telling you my life. Maybe you're not this way. Maybe you're just so sound and so disciplined. I would lose track at how many I ate. <laughs> Just another spoon out of the ice cream, right? No one will know I took this much out. Yeah, okay. After all, a few M&Ms aren't going to hurt me anyway. After all, little sin's not going to bother me too much. After all, Lord, I can take care of myself. After all, Lord, if I screw up, sorry for my Latin, I can come back to you and you'll forgive me. To obey is better than forgiveness. To obey is better than sacrifice. He says in 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, he's talking about relationships in this chapter. If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us. Outwit, outplay, outlast. That's survivor, right? For we are not, what, unaware of his schemes. Question, are you aware of his schemes towards you? Can, can you smell his temptation when it comes around? Remember last week we said from Jeremiah that our heart's so desperately wicked we don't know our own heart. That's why you have to have people in your world that can look at you and say, I think you're getting off track here. I listen to the tone of your voice. I watched how you responded to your kids. I watched how you spoke to your wife. I watched how you spoke to your husband. I watched you roll your eyes 10 times. Hmm. What's that about? And if there's somebody who's striving after the heart of God, they will welcome that accountability and they will welcome not doing it alone because when you are tempted, we have to follow God's way out and not give in to sin. When we are tempted, God will also provide a way, 2 Corinthians 10 
13. See, one of the best ways to resist temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. So don't put the M&Ms in the freezer. Don't let anybody make your house unsafe if that's a problem to you. I have a friend who's an alcoholic. He's been sober for about nine years. When he goes to Vaughn's or Albertson's with his wife, he does not go near the alcohol. He just doesn't go. He goes over and, and squeezes cabbages for a while. Huh? He goes somewhere. He goes over to the meat aisle and just looks at the price of beef or price of pork or whatever. I said, why, man? You've been sober nine years. You haven't had a drop of alcohol in nine years. He said, because I don't want to look at the bottle because it'll remind me of stuff. I don't want to look at those 40-ounce can, you know, cans. They still call them 40s? I guess I'm old. I don't, want to, I don't want to see all the labels because it will bring a flashback in my mind. I just, I am so concerned about being clean and being sober. I won't go there. And there's people that make fun of him. I don't make fun of him. I don't have M&Ms in my freezer. Okay? So get rid of whatever it is. And then number three, to be victorious over temptation is to submit to God and resist the devil. I always thought you needed to resist the devil when temptation came. But that's not what he says in James chapter 4. He says in verse 7, submit yourselves then to what? To, to God. The first thing you do when the M&Ms are calling your name, you fill in the blank. The first thing you do is you submit yourself to God. Lord, I choose now to live out of every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Then I choose to resist the devil. I come to God knowing that I don't have the power to stand against my own desires. I don't have the power to stand against the devil himself. So what I will do is, this is what James teaches us, is that we will submit to God, resist the devil, let him flee, and remember that when we come near to God, he comes near to us. Then we wash our hands of the oil that was on the M&M's, and we purify our hearts. We don't let our minds get double-minded. We're singularly focused on God and his will and his way and his purpose for our lives. We humble ourselves before the Lord and then let him lift us up. So you want a prescription on what to do when, when sin comes knocking at your door? James 4, 7 to 10 is right there for you. And remember that we don't live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of people or out of our own hearts, but out of the mouth of God. You are not designed to live the victorious life alone. So, so just, just listen for a moment. If you are doing anything, by the way, it's not a guilt sermon. It's a freedom sermon. It's about life. If you are doing anything that's inconsistent with God's word, that is sinful behavior. And some of you need to start by acknowledging it and just saying, you know what, Lord, this is wrong. I know I used the analogy earlier about stealing from the company. No, none of you are. I know that. You're all too great. But let's just suppose you were. The best thing to do is stop stealing. The best thing to do is come in early, leave late, and produce. Huh? You know, should I go pay it all back? Well, you could, but you'll probably get caught. If you didn't get caught stealing, you'll get caught paying it back. You watch. But you could pay it back in other ways. You could. All of a sudden, the tool could appear in the workbench magically. Huh? And somebody said, well, Pastor, where I work, man, you can't take anything out because they've got surveillance and electronic scanners, and I, I get it. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you make it up? See, you're not designed to live a victorious life on your own. There's a submission to God, there's a running from sin, and there's a running to the Lord. So before we pray, I, I want to read you a prayer that, that I found online, and I 
kind of change it around for today. It's a daily prayer. You could steal part of it if you want. You could write your own. God, I choose today to submit my whole being to you. My mind to you. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me to only think on things that are excellent, pure, admirable, noble, and praiseworthy. That's Philippians 4. Give me the power to think on things consistent with your truth. God, I submit my ears to you today that I would only listen to and let into my soul that which is consistent with your truth. Give me the wisdom to not let lies come into my heart, come into my mind, but for me to only believe the truth. Remember the devil said, if you are the son of God, he challenged him at his point of identity. Where you'd be able to say to yourself, I'm not going to listen to anything from my past or from anyone else that says, I don't matter to God. I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to hear things that people say about me when I know I belong to God. I'm God's child. God, I submit my eyes to you that I would only look on things that are pure. I submit my mouth to you that my words would be pleasing to you, that they would bring you glory in what I say, that my words would affirm others and build them up. I give you my heart today, God, and submit to you, acknowledging that my heart is deceitful. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's the prayer of David. May my motives be pure to serve you and to bring glory to you in all that I do. God, I submit my hands to you to be used for your kingdom, to build up your church, to build people up, and to love and serve others. That's the mantra of this church. God, I submit my feet to you. I would only go places that are pleasing to you. God, I submit every part of my being to you today, for my life is yours. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.